Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Maciel Davila Ferrer. And we welcome you to our ongoing series, Trusting God's Way. We have seen some exciting battles that have happened, and yeah. one of my favorites <laughs> in the Old Testament. Today. Yes. Yeah. Seemingly impossible odds, numbers that don't add up, but God's hand is on in all of it. Yeah, and that is very important for all of us, even for daily life, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all face battles. I um, I remember when I was working with uh, people with addictions mm-hmm. and 12 programs mm-hmm. and all of that. The importance that they were giving to submitting to a higher power. That's actually step two, right? Yeah. Submitting to a higher power. And I remember a biography that I want to read today. It was by Portia Nelson. And it's, it's called The Biography in Five Chapters. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it says this. Uh, first chapter of my life. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Hmm. Chapter three. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it. It's there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know Hmm. where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Hmm. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five, I walk down another street. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deep um, biography of how God can actually lead you yes. to victory in a different way than the mm-hmm. one you've been trying all along, trying a different result that is called insanity, insanity, right? How many of us in our patterns of thought or in our habits or in the people yes. that we put in our lives are yeah. walking down the same street, walking into the same disaster? Yes, and, and God was kept trying to teach Israel that it wasn't in their might or in mm-hmm. their numbers that their victory would be found. Yes. You know, that what we call white knuckling in 12 <laughs> steps, right? That, that you f- close your fists so tight that all your knuckles get white. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way to gain the victory mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it's a higher power will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And what, like that's like when you're just clinging with your exactly, own strength, exactly, but you exactly. can't do it. Yeah, and Israel was very hard-headed in this sense. They kept trying to, uh, I mean, remember that later on when David's, David had a census, uh, the mm-hmm. Lord got upset with him. Because, yes. because this is all the time that he's trying to teach them. It's not in numbers. It's not in might. It's not how many chariots you have. It's not how well you handle the sword. The victor is God's way. The victory will be a battle of God. It will be a holy war. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think we need to understand that in our lives. I'm facing some battles right now. And my regular way is saying, okay, I got to do this and this and that. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. and God catches my attention and says, no, 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 this is my battle. Yes. Uh, watch me. Yes. You know. Yes. And I will take this for you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a hard lesson to learn and, and it's Israel very was- <laughs> very easy to say because listen, uh, how long has he been trying to teach them that same lesson? Yeah. Then us. And, and uh, thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I look and I'm like Israel do better, but then yeah, I'm like Messiah exactly. do better. Exactly. And and actually God is so patient with us yes. and he keeps teaching us the same lesson. Actually, we we don't get moved to a different lesson until we <laughs> learn that one and it, 
it's taken me a few years to, yeah, to learn I'm, that one. I'm so on page one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Judges chapter seven is where we're going to have the battle of Midian, where uh, Gideon is the one that was called. Remember, mm-hmm. we have done in our previous program how fearful this judge was, how many questions, how discouraged, all of that, right? One more test, one more test. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and his I'm, body language. Sign, yeah. yeah. And God has called him, as we read uh, in our um, previous chapter, the yeah. Lord is with you, mighty, mighty warrior. warrior. But we haven't, like, <laughs> we haven't seen that mighty we warrior yet. We haven't seen the mighty warrior yet. And, um, uh, and it's interesting because God chooses to give the battles in a different way, and it will become so evident in this particular chapter, chapter 7 of Judges. Uh, Gideon gets together some people uh, to fight. A good number. Yes. Why don't we read it? Um, chapter 7, verse 1. Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped in the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands. It's interesting because because you say, okay, it's too many. How many do they have? And we're going to find out that they had 32,000 30. people. Versus the 135,000 of the Midianites. Yeah, which is which is already, you know, you're saying too many? They are 135,000. <laughs> we are 32,000. That, that doesn't sound like too many to me. You know, it's, it's yep. we have, you know, 20%, less than 20% of what they have. <laughs> and God is saying it's too many. And he says, why is too many? He says, for Israel, verse 2 now, would become boastful, saying, my own power has delivered me. How quickly Israel yeah. and our patterns sync up. <laughs> Absolutely. As soon as I feel like I've contributed to a solution, yeah. I, I start to take a little credit. We're we're quick to take credit where God has worked, but quick to blame him. Yeah, yeah. And and the truth is, it's not going to work out. No. This is why the 12-step program keeps pushing people to, to surrender lives to yeah. a higher power. Because you try, 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 and you may say, well, maybe I'm getting a little victory. And then you have a big fall. Yeah. And so, so and, and yeah. how, who hasn't been? been in their mess thinking, well, yeah, 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 here I am in that same hole again. Exactly. That, that, that's why I read that biography. <laughs> I, I love that biography. Anyways, so uh, verse 3, uh, by the way, the spring of Herod, Herod means trembling. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so specific <laughs> that they are all gathering <laughs> in, in, at the spring of trembling. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so Gideon will use... Um, some of these words that God gave him, I guess, um, saying, okay, so whoever, why don't we uh, read verse 3. Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So (laughs) 22,000 men left and only 10,000 remain. They're like, thanks, we're out of here. We're out of here. And (laughs) they were at the spring of trembling. And he says, whoever is trembling and (laughs) 22,000 left, right? And um, so now he has 10,000. I'm sure he's not feeling very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gideon is 10,000 against 135,000. And he's saying, what are the military odds of us actually having a victory? Right. right? Very, very and, and some of us like facts. We like cold, hard facts. We want yeah. the numbers to add up. But here for Gideon, they're not. No, they're not. They're not adding up. And so the Lord said to Gideon in verse 4, the, the people are still too many. It's too many. <laughs> and, the, and the reason is because you're going to think you did it. Yeah, we had a few, but we were like, a, you know, a Rambo team. Yeah. We, we, we got <laughs> this done. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Black ops, like. 
like <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe choice so words. Really I don't even know military terms. I'm sorry if I insulted anybody. <laughs> so anyway, so they, they there's another test, right? And mm-hmm. um, verse five, I think, is where we should go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Mm-hmm. This is now going to be a, a, a team of gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, they are they are, they're gonna yeah. And what is the test really? Uh, those who uh, you know kneel down, they mm-hmm. drink. Those are gonna go home. Yes. Those that go fast, like we have a mission, we gotta keep going. Yep. Those are the ones yep. that are gonna be chosen. Yeah. And 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 here we have. Uh, 300 people left. And God says, that looks about right. Now I can do something here. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy. And he gives him assurance with those 300 people. Yes. Verse 7 says, the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hands. So he has an assured victory with this handful of people. Yes. That it was not even enough, you know. I mean, if I had a choir of 300 going to the thing, I would say, okay, maybe it's not. But but a military force? Yes, yes. And while we see a development in Gideon, we still know from the previous chapter that he's an anxious person. <laughs> yeah. God knows that. And so that very night in verse 9, it says, During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp, because I'm going to give it to you in your hands. But if you're afraid of the attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura. Yeah, it's he, very interesting. Yeah. But if you're afraid, like it's, he's saying, Arise, which is kind of like a cry of, mm. uh, let's go. Right? Yeah. And he says, but, but just in case you're still afraid, says God and I see such compassion yes. from God so it, knowing his servant is, is, is a worry word uh, you know so he's like <laughs> some well, of us are <laughs> yeah and so he says if you if you are still afraid why don't you go down I have one more thing for you to, he to offers it Gideon yeah. doesn't even have to ask and then he goes down he overhears a conversation between two soldiers yeah by the way I think it's very funny that God, God says if you're afraid and so we get the next sentence so he went like <laughs> yeah I guess He's Correct. Still <laughs> you know me very well, yeah, Lord. Yeah, so I'm, I'm out. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so go. he went. He yes. went. He wanted to see, you know, what was going on. So he sneaks down into the enemy camp. He overhears two people talking about a dream one of them has had. And in verse 13, he says, I had a dream. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force, the tent overturned and collapsed. And his friend is very interesting. Verse 14, the, the guy that is listening to this dream that the other person is talking about, mm-hmm. he, he interprets it for him. He says, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. Can you imagine? It sounds like a strange interpretation of yes. a dream of, of a barley loaf coming. Is there any significance to the fact that it was a barley loaf? Well, some, I, I don't know about that, but some people think that because uh, barley was an inferior grain mm. and Israel was less in numbers and less of a nation mm-hmm. than, than what they would have considered themselves, the Amalekites and all of them, I see. that they would have seen him as as inferior. But the truth is that, the, that this guy actually interprets that this must be Gideon that is going to actually overpower us yeah. after all, yeah. you know? And Gideon has a reaction he's never had before to any of the signs that he's seen. If you looked in, look in verse 15, when Gideon heard the dream and his its interpretation, he worshipped God. He worshipped. I think it's, it's the first time that all the signs that he has asked mm-hmm. for, all these tests, all of it, he says, okay, finally, I, I, I'm convinced. This is a, because if these two people that are in the opposite camp have gotten yes. a dream and somebody's interpreting that is me, that I'm going to... God has given them into our hands. Absolutely. You know, so it's, it's, it's this, this assurance, okay, we will have a complete, uh, you know, victory. Yeah. And yeah, the battle is there on verse 16. You want to read it? Yes. 
Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Sounds like they're armed and ready for battle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Torches and pitchers, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's interesting because these are ridiculous tools yes. for battle. And this is something that we need to learn that God does battle His way. Mm-hmm. And it might look ridiculous to us, mm-hmm. but it is His way. And He gains the victory in a different way than we try to, right? Absolutely. And so, we have our little feeble efforts, Yeah, that's but right. it's all He needs. And they had trumpets to blow and all of that. Verse 22 is actually the report of the victory, if you want to read it. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with swords. The army fled led to those places. Yes, <laughs> so those strange places. And what is interesting is that all they did was show up with these torches, these pitchers, mm-hmm. and these this trumpets, and something similar to what had happened in Jericho. Yes. Now, individually, they, they blow the trumpets, and they get all confused. They start killing each other, and it's a complete victory for Israel. As much sense as it made in Jericho, it makes there, but it is God's plan, and so they're victorious. Yes, and, and with the 300 men, because God didn't really need a mighty army to fight mm-hmm. this. All he needed was willing people to to blow a trumpet. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So sometimes, yeah, when we see that, we say, "Oh, I have to start trusting God in my own battles." You know, surrender to God's way versus my way. Yeah, for my daily battles. Yeah, even. and we had uh, we saw that Gideon kind of took on, "Do as I do, follow me. We're going yeah, to do he, this." He, he, he took on that mighty warrior. Yeah, he eventually became what God has said he would yes. be, but in a different way that he had expected. Yes, you know. With, with trumpets and, and, and pitchers and, and, <laughs> and torches. So uh, the truth is salvation is also God's way. Salvation has worked His way, not our way. Um, no one expected God's victory to, to be an, on a cross, right? Yes. And it's interesting because in Isaiah chapter 9, where it talks about the Prince of Peace, uh, His birth and His reign, uses the battle of Midian uh, on verse 4, saying that salvation will be like the battle of Midian. So I think it's something that we need to learn, mm-hmm. that things happen God's way, not our way, um, not only for salvation, for eternal life. He, you know, He gained it through a cross, but also for our daily lives that we can surrender to God's way versus our way. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!